On today's Off the Circle, we are going to be talking money, both personal and with business. Listen to indie-based entrepreneurs and business people, their experience and expertise. Have some laughs and learn along the way on this episode of Off the Circle, the Indianapolis business scene like you've never heard it before. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Ryan Grimes. Hey, this is Ryan Grimes, and I brought uh, Ed Ganell of Ganell and Kinnaman and Financial. And I'm Harry Howe, and with me is from Greenbridge, um, Dan Rogers. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thank doing you well. for the invitation. Thank you. Thanks and for having us. we have us. Adam Small is, is here as well. I came by myself today. Yeah. <laughs> he has no friends. And of course me. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, ow, yeah. Of course me, Doug Start Carr, and, yeah. and Ryan's here as well. So, so uh, this is, I think this is a, a really important – we've touched on a lot of business aspects mm-hmm. with all of the shows so far from IT security and hardware uh, to customer service, all of those things. But the money side of the business is really probably the the key, and the money side of our obviously personal is is a huge issue as well. And so I think having two guests today here that are uh, kind of bridging the gap both on personal wealth and um, retirement, finances, taxes, uh, you name it, uh, is is probably really good. I, it, it's free free advice for me. So that's I'm I'm here to learn. Because I've made every mistake in the world. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of good stuff out here. You know, if you don't know your money, you know, you don't know what's going on with your business and your personal life. So let's let's uh, let's do it chronologically. So so someone's starting a business. I think we can start there, and then you know, obviously, once they reach a level of of success with their business, then we can get into personal wealth, and I I, I think that might be a good approach. Um, People start a business with nothing nowadays, you know, so they just go online, get their incorporation through the state site. Was it 75 bucks or something like that? 90 or something like that, yeah. And and they they basically miss a lot of the aspects of running a great company. Harry Howe is sitting here. Harry is definitely my confidant um, who gives me advice. And when I ignore it, it's usually at my own peril. Uh, and he's brought in financial advisors for me. And I have been absolutely astounded at the level of dependence that I need on financial advice. So if you were a new business starting out, at what point would you seek out, you know, your assistance and what would that level of assistance look like? So this is Dan. Um, in our business, we provide an outsourced finance and accounting service. So, um, we are primarily focused on smaller businesses and we are for our clients taking care of the day-to-day accounting from the bookkeeper to the CFO, so this question's particularly prudent for us where we are typically getting involved on smaller companies. And I would say, you know, everyone is familiar with QuickBooks and QuickBooks is great from the standpoint that it was, it was built for non-accountants to do accounting, uh, which is great, uh, particularly for someone just getting started. It's a good way to keep things organized and certainly much better than just utilizing the checkbook balance to understand whether or not your business is doing well or not. Although even a lot of business owners I see that do use QuickBooks still 
just use their checkbook balance to determine whether or not their business is having success. Harry keeps looking at me when you say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I would say um, one one point I, I like to to make to business owners is just because you can run QuickBooks on your own doesn't mean you should run QuickBooks on your own. And I think a a this is kind of non-specific, but specific. The demarcation point in my mind is when you, as a business owner, are spending time uh, doing your own accounting that can be better served or is more valuable uh, by doing something else. You think about your own time. A lot of business owners think, "Oh, if I just do this stuff myself, it's quote unquote free." Well, I would argue it's not free. Your time costs you something, mm. and that that time ranges. Uh, depending on what your skill set is or what you do for your business, um, you know, it could be inexpensive, but it, you know, it could be as much as $200 an hour, $500 an hour. If your time is typically, if you're not doing the accounting, if you're out selling uh, or if you're out marketing your business or you're managing the team that is doing those things, and more than likely you're going to be driving a highly hourly rate for your time, then you could spend to have someone else handle your accounting. So that's a very non-dollar specific answer, but you know if you talk to a business owner about that, they can fairly quickly think about okay, it's either it's either time for me to hand this off or you know maybe not yet. That's a great point. I mean, if Ryan and I, you know, and uh, you know Adam's on the subscription side of the business, which so your your revenue is going up one client at a time, kind of right, a monthly recurring. Yeah, and and so. With us though, it's a it's a major contract at a time, and we have very few contracts. And so, mm-hmm. I could totally see that where if I could spend five more hours a month working on the next lead, you know, that could pay for your services for a couple of years. And so, why would I why would I sit there and waste my time, you know, sitting working on QuickBooks and instead just go go get that? Well, and you know, it reminds me of a conversation I had. This it was this morning actually with um, someone that I'm advising, and she we had this very same discussion. She was reluctant to kind of let go, it was somewhat of a control issue, and but she knew she was over her head, and so you know I was encouraging her, kind of giving you know this same story you did of you know if you can get paid for your services and you can hire somebody else to cut your grass and, you know, while instead of cutting your own lawn, um, go out and sell your services at a much higher rate, you've got a return on investment and you're going to get somebody who can really do a nice job on your lawn, make it look better than you would because they're a pro. And, uh, you know, and she was at risk of because she was over her head of, you know, messing things up and, Causing more problems than she was solving, and she was probably not out churning butter and raising pigs. <laughs> exactly. <right>? So what? <laughs> she goes and buys those services. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's kind of the, where you and I are in too, Doug. Is it, you know, we are outsourced professional services. I could do marketing, or some people could do IT stuff. But at the end of the day, you're not the expert on it, and you know, yeah. we live and breathe this stuff. He lives and breathes accounting. You know, it's it's really what we're professionals at. Why wouldn't you spend a couple hundred, you know, up to I don't know what you're charged, but you know, I outsource all my controllership. I'm like I'm done. Like get that off my plate. Like I'll you know that's the best thing I ever did. 
Uh, you know, I don't have yeah. to worry about that anymore. I just, you know, once a month, she emails me a spreadsheet and says, what is all this stuff? And I fill it out and send it back. And it's great. You know, I, I'm done. Um, and she reconciles everything, calls clients, you know, gets money coming in. That's something I don't have to do anymore. And it seems, it seems, you know, even from a QuickBooks standpoint that, that because they've made it easy doesn't mean that they've made it correct for your business. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the other thing that I think I ran into was I didn't know that there was, you know, I took accounting in high school, you know, so we had to fill out a spreadsheet. I think that was it. By the way, that was on paper. When it was yeah. The uh, abacus. Yeah. Hey, now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but, but you know, one of the things that I learned, obviously, was, you know, the the equipment and how I was, you know, working with the equipment and paying for it and, and putting it on my taxes, how I was billing people, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of those aspects of accounting that I, I had. I had no clue, you know, and, and QuickBooks didn't really help. They're like, what kind of right. accounting do you use? I'm like, I, uh, what? <laughs> well, and, you know, quite frankly, you know, you've got, so, you know, even going back before this decision that Dan was speaking about, at the very beginning, you have to declare you're going to be on a cash basis or an accrual basis. And for, especially for a professional services organization, that should be a well thought through yeah. decision. That one one makes. Ed, Ed I'm kind of curious what your take is on all this. He's raising his hand very politely over here. <laughs> but, yeah, Dan brought up a lot of good comments. Uh, even if an individual wants to do some of the the number side on their own, uh, which I would highly discourage. Um, I've seen a way more messed up than done correctly. Um, you know, kind of a penny wise pound foolish. You know, they don't want to pay somebody. X amount of dollars and ended up costing them triple that to get it all fixed. But um, the point I wanted to make was, I think before you even start business, what is the right sort of structure to have with your entity? Um, good I, point. I, I give you a good example with this as far as a recent change in the tax code. Um, if you are in an unincorporated business, meaning you're an LLC or a partnership, uh, if for anyone that pays you $600 or more for, of your clients, you now have to issue them a 1099 form. So as an example, with, with my company, we've got – now, that's only for the business clients. So you know, we have several hundred businesses that deal with us, and um, all of them pay $600 or more, some a lot more. Yeah. I'd like more of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but imagine the burden it would be on our firm of just to comply for our own records if I had to issue – you know, three or 400 1099s to all of those companies. Right. So, you know, that's one thing to be aware of uh, as, as far as a, a potential downside if you are an LLC or a partnership. And has that gone down to 600 No, well, that the $600 requirement has stayed the same, but that is just the requirement in general. That That has been around two years now, I think. Mm. Maybe three. Three, I think. Yeah. See, that's that's one of the funny things. Harry takes care of that for me, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happens with that magic yeah. world. <laughs> so some people will say, "Well, fine, I'll just be an S corporation, don't you know, or a C corporation, and that'll eliminate that." Well, then there are other tax filings, quarterly tax reports, and so forth that you have to deal with as as well. So you've got to find that right balance, and you know we can't just say you know a blanket recommendation. Here's what you got to do because. You know, no two businesses are the same in terms of how many clients they have and, you know, what the revenue that they're receiving per client. Um, well, know, and, and furthermore, it, it can vary depending on, you know, as you start out, your company grows and, you know, where do you think it's going to grow to and what's it going to be like? And, and so for all of those reasons, it's helpful 
to have some good financial advice, as you're pointing out, Ed, right at at the inception. Well, and, and on an ongoing basis as well. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 24 years now. Basically, every three or four years, Dan, if you agree with me, we've got some sort of pretty decent revision in the tax code that we have to worry about. Um, the 1099 is probably the most recent one that's very obnoxious in terms of compliance with the tax code. But getting that ongoing advice, keeping abreast of the changes in the tax code, changes in the economy, just changes in just business in general. I mean, all this online stuff. I mean, yeah. That's that's all new stuff. And you know, having somebody help you out and making sure that you're managing your cash flow um, and, and managing your time well. You know, one of the comments that Dan brought up as far as, you know, is, is your time better spent? Um, I think one that a lot of times we don't think about is um, not just time spent, but, hey, I'll do this in the evening. Well, you know what? Our families kind of need us and want us to spend time with them or we won't have a family for very long. Um, so that kind of gets back to the opportunity cost or the time cost of money. Uh, and that's... Uh, I think where companies like my company or Dan's company can help, or I guess uh, with um, Harry's company as well, help out and, and make sure that people are managing. Harry just goes and finds the right yeah. for it. <laughs> you know, I, I think another, when you mentioned cost, I think another thing to point out is is oftentimes, um, you know, if you're getting the right advice and you're working with people who know what they're doing, you should be getting a positive return Mm-hmm. on on your investment you know i'd like to tell my employees i'd like to think they would get at least a three times return um so in other words we're paying for ourselves fairly quickly and i imagine with with folks that that work with with that as well you know he's going to be able to identify some things that you may not be aware of in terms of deductions and things like that of hand, how to handle uh income and payroll and and things of that nature so you know business owners need to think that you know, if you're going to an accountant or accounting firm, it's not just a dead cost. Oh God, I got to write a check for this. Yeah. You know, you really need to think of, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to either save money or even make more money. Uh, cause I think that is oftentimes the case if you're working with, uh, with a good solid partner. And it, it seems like it might be a good idea for people, even, even before they're starting up to maybe sit down with you too, right? That, you know, because I, I know just from personal experience the difference between having employees, not having employees, subcontracting. And uh, we have one partner company that got into big trouble with the IRS with subcontracting because they had a place to sit every day and they had dedicated time that they had to be in the office. And Uh-oh. and the IRS came back and said, they're not, they're not subcontractors, they're employees, and here's your bill for the last three years. Um, you know, and stuff like that. I, I know sitting around the table – Adam runs a subscription-based software business, Agent Sauce. Yep. So he has, you know, incremental revenue that I think Indiana now has sales tax on. Sales tax on it now, yeah. So the software is a service. And then we do do straight consulting. You do some product sales. We do product sales, but yeah, the the software as a service is now, we charge sales tax on everything. That's Office 365, any of that stuff. Just, we don't, it's a gray area. I'd rather pay it and say I paid yeah. it. Than well, at, at this point, uh, at least in the state of Indiana, they they uh, issued a guidance last December, and and we're pretty clear that it's not all that gray anymore. <laughs> okay, we're right. pretty clear that you need to charge tax on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, so. we do. But those are just a couple examples of things that are going to impact you financially and with cash flow and how much money you should be setting aside. That mm-hmm. unless you unless you talk to a, a financial advisor beforehand, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna realize this stuff, right? I want to go back to something uh, Dan said a moment ago about, uh, you know, a return on the investment you would 
hey, there's another facet to that that, uh, you know, when I'm looking for an accounting firm to serve a client, I'm also looking for somebody who's going to be a good networking partner for them, somebody who's going to be on the alert and refer business back to them. And and so, uh, you know, it, it can be a, a mutually beneficial yeah. situation. And there, you know, there are companies I know that if I send somebody, um, you know, to Dan, that he would be on the lookout for people he could refer back to that client um, and, and help them in that regard, as well as all of the things he just said. Yeah, that's that's uh, nowadays. I think it's really funny you say that because you know, as I've kind of pared down who our clients are, that's the in the back of my head. That's always the decision. Isn't isn't is this going to be a good client paying me a lot of money? Is this going to be a good relationship that's actually going to help grow my business even more? You know, if it's just a project based something that's in and out, I'm, yeah, just I'm a really transaction. Not, I'm not interested right. in, anymore. I think that's kind of the way this economy is going, you know, with, with the, the efficiencies in technology these days. You don't need to be people heavy. And you can be a small company and, and outsource most of your stuff and, yeah. you know, get the same level of services if someone was sitting there in your office doing the work, you know, with remote access and all the, you know, the technological abilities you have. You can even have a virtual assistant, you know, answer. <clears throat> excuse me, answering the phones and scheduling things for you that you don't have to pay them a salary to sit there. It's really, you know, it's changing how small business works. And, you know, we are, you know, we're seeing that more. It's kind of why we started this podcast is really, you know, there's a whole sub economy underneath where the IBJ hangs out and you know, all these, you know, organizations, they, uh, we see them in the news all the time, but there's a whole you know, ecosystem here that, you know, Doug and I hang out in. and yeah. that, you know, it's, it's small to medium business that's underneath Reebok and Adidas and yeah. Rolls Royce. Well, all of us, I mean, Salesforce we're not going yeah, to be going to the state and saying, we're going to add 35 employees and take $2 million worth yeah. of investment. So we're not going to make those news cycles. Mm-hmm. And people aren't going to hear about us. And, you know, that is, you know, the purpose behind off the circle is that, you know, you can have a, have a CFO for hire mm-hmm. and, and a bookkeeper, you know, and, and a financial consultant that you're ready that they, you don't have to hire them. You know, they're consultants that you can have in the same room with you that could be advising you that, mm-hmm. like you said, could be logging into your systems and see everything that they need to see and monitor your business and, mm-hmm. and personal wealth. So I, I, I totally agree. I mean, Adam's business, you know, agents lost what, 10 years now. Yeah, right at 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, you know, serving thousands of real estate agents across now. the country. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, how many employees? <laughs> <laughs> I put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a couple of, uh, uh, full time employees and then part time and yeah. then some outsourcing stuff. I mean, we're not, we're, we're not a large company by any stretch in so but, far as employees go. But you're large from a, we serve, standpoint. we serve a few yeah. thousand customers on a monthly basis. And so, it's yeah. a huge testament to, and by the way, when he says serves, he means, they actually answer the phone when their customers call. Oh yeah, the uh, the auto the uh, what's the messaging systems and all that. We don't really t- tend to use those. Yeah. We we pick up the phone ourselves. Mm-hmm. So well, that's a huge thing too. Answering the phone live. Yeah, yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> you guys are talking about value proposition for outsourcing. That's one thing that we strongly uh, emphasize when we're meeting with prospects is 
our model is a linear cost structure, which is great for growing companies. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you know, as the company grows and the number of transactions and the underlying work that takes for us to serve you grows, you know, our, our cost is going to go up, but it can go up in a linear fashion mm -hmm. versus if, if you're hiring your own accounting department or IT department or marketing department, whatever, whatever the area is, uh, as you grow, you have to theoretically hire more people. And right. we think of that as more of a stair step type yeah. approach. So not only is, is your cost structure a little bit more uneven, it's you're trying to decide, okay, when do I hire this person? How much do I pay him? Really, what's even the skill set? Mm -hmm. You know, for a business that's not in accounting for, you know, how do I know what the right skill set is? How yeah. do I know this is a good controller or CFO or whatever it may be? I'm not in the, that's not my background. So how do I know how to hire those folks? Um, so if you use an, an outsource type model, you're already allowing the experts to determine, you know, what those skill sets need to be to be brought to the table. And then as I grow, my cost structure is more predictable because it's linear versus, versus stair step. And the nice thing there is you've got the support staff internal with your staff for training, backup, education, all of that. Well, you mentioned backup. That's a really good point because particularly for small businesses, there's inherently no depth. Yeah. Right. So if, if Sally goes on vacation for a week, you know, if Sally's the only one doing your bookkeeping, then everything just kind of typically gets put on hold mm -hmm. or heaven forbid Sally decide to leave for the, you know, leave the company yeah. and she's got all the tribal knowledge in her head. There's a lot of, uh oh, yeah. I need to get someone else in here and then I got to train them up. And th there's a cost to transition between mm -hmm. people, not only just paying people when they're there, there's a cost to transitioning be to be between people. So, you know, utilizing an, an outside firm that has their own inherent depth and crossover training, you avoid a lot of that cost and headache. Well, and and I can tell you there are numerous companies that have gone out of business by hiring the wrong Sally. Was it Sally that we that we hired? <laughs> yeah. Sally here? sucks. And <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Sally Sorry, turned Sally. out to be taking money under the table. Yeah. And you know, all of a sudden, Sally doesn't come back from her vacation, and you realize where's the money in my bank account? Oh my! Oh my gosh! Did did we know to do a background check on? So, oh, Sally, you know, this isn't the first time Sally's done this. And wow, how stupid do I feel? Off the Circle is brought to you by MyITND. If you're a small to medium-sized business and need assistance with networking, security, and other IT services, contact Ryan at info at myitindy.com. Off the Circle is brought to you by DK New Media. DK New Media is a marketing consultancy working with some of the world's largest brands on their digital marketing and media strategies. Contact Doug at dknewmedia.com. It's a uh, you touch on a couple of things that I think that were really key there. The other the other one I'll say is you know to for people out there that are thinking about starting a business, this is one of the great times to start a business because you do have these resources, right? Mm -hmm. That the fact that you don't have to go get, you know, $100,000 to go start up your business and go hire these people and go, you know, uh, the the fact that you can start up literally with no money and get a couple clients, get some money in the bank, then go get a consultant, then help you. I mean, it, it's a great way to to mm -hmm. to start any business this day. So I I I don't want to 
focus on the horror stories of Sally. <laughs> it's also the great, great opportunities yes. mm-hmm. there too. Now, um, we'll switch gears here. We're about halfway through the, through the podcast. Um, switch gears now to personal wealth because, and, and when I say personal wealth, um, for people out there, it's not necessarily rich. You're not rich. It's, it's a fact of, with the business up and down, cash flow challenges, uh, I've been through them. You know, I've had highs, 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 and and some lows. Um, there is an aspect of personal wealth that really needs to manage tightly when you're when you own a business that is well beyond the responsibilities that you have as someone cashing a check every two weeks, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think one of the challenges that anybody that's in the financial advising business deals with is the, our clients are so focused on running the business that they may not be looking a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Um, I, I forget who said this. If one of you can remember, please, please uh, correct me. But you know, someone once said, you know, begin with the end in mind. And that's one of the things that we try to get our clients to focus on at some point in time, you're going to, you're going to retire Yeah, either, by choice or not by choice. <laughs> right. Um, and, and as far as the not by choice, um, I think a lot, a lot of the companies that, that we deal with, um, historically have been more on the service, uh, I should say service on the, uh, laborious side of things. And, um, it, it's amazing how many rich plumbers and electricians and farmers and, yeah. and things like that that are out there. Um, yeah, I see Dan shaking his head. You probably got a lot of them as well. Um, I remember reading not too long ago, there was a, a statistic from the, uh, um, oh, I forget which governmental agency it was. Maybe it was the Department of Labor, but it said that um, for those people that retire early, and I think they defined early retirement as retiring before the age of 60, something like 40 some odd percent of that um, was involuntary retirement. You work hard, your body's going to give out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to have planned um for those sorts of things happening. And the, the biggest struggle that we face with these business owners, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, they have two employees or 20 employees or 200 employees. How, what are you going to do with this business whenever you're ready to hang it up? How do you, you know, do you want this business to continue on? You know, can you pass that on to your children? You know, a lot of children hate the business. You know, it, they see that as something that sucked dad's time away or, or mom's time away or both parents time away the whole time they're growing up and they want nothing to do with the company. Um, other kids, um, and this seems to be happening more lately than it did in the past, but uh, um, have what I would refer to as a sense of entitlement and don't necessarily work anywhere near as hard as mom or dad did. And therefore, they don't understand the business and they couldn't run the business even if they wanted to. But anyway, how do we how do we get separate the business from the person? And that's one of the struggles that we face with. And, you know, one easy way to do that is just taking a look and, you know, setting up some kind of retirement plan for the corporation. Lots of different kinds of retirement plans that can be done. Um, you know, something as simple as just a plain Jane IRA, you know, step up from there, a simple IRA, a SEP IRA. Um, if you've got a smaller company and, you know, you're in your fifties, you know, there's different types of pension plans that can be done. You get a lot of bang for your buck on those, set aside a lot, a lot of money. Um, you know, 401k plans can be done fairly easily for small companies these days. You know, get some money set aside because, you know, what if something drastically were to change and, and maybe this isn't a great example, but we'll pick on, there's an article in this morning's paper talking uh, in the Wall Street Journal talking about uh, the downfall of JCPenney and Macy and Sears and places like that. Um, well, I guess we could use that as an example. I mean, how many small mom and pop retailers are out there these days? Yeah. None. Right. Economy changed. They couldn't keep up. That just happens. 
So for all of those that sunk every dime that they owned into that business, they now have nothing to show for it. So just something as simple as setting up your own company retirement plan and setting aside some money so that if things change not in a way that you hoped they had changed, you've got something to be able to fall back on. I think people people don't realize, too, that, that that's a great tax avoidance strategy as well from a, from a business standpoint, too. For the time being, there are some speculation <laughs> yeah. going on as to what uh, President Trump's current uh, plan is. Which there's a lot of details that are missing on that, and yeah. you know, that's something that actually greatly concerns me. Um, as far as, you know, and especially what I'm talking about is that, you know, right now, any money going into your 401k, it's pre-tax dollars. So, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you deposit 10 grand into your 401k, you're only taxed on 90 grand. Right. So a rather large, substantial tax savings. So, so, so for you to deposit that 10, 10 grand into your, your retirement plan really out of your pocket might only be costing you say six and a half or $7,000, um, and there's talk of that deduction going away. In my opinion, um, you know, just trying to understand people, you know, a lot of people will contribute because solely because, Incentive. hey, I'm getting a tax break. Incentive. Yep, yeah. they're incented immediately, and so that that greatly concerns me, especially in a system where our Social Security is going to go broke in, depending upon which estimate you're using, somewhere between 15 and 18 years, and we're now looking at something that's going to uh, disincent a lot of people to set aside money in the retirement plans. Yeah, that's, that'd be a podcast unto it. So, mm-hmm. hey, Ed, let me ask you a question here, um, something I, I'd like you to comment on. One of the things that uh, I see often with, get you know, the new business owner getting started is one who has been used to a regular salary and paycheck. Now they start their own business, and now you've got this irregularity in their income and and cash flow, that's not something I can help them with, especially. But I, I know that that often is a big adjustment, and and uh, I, I wish some of them, you know, had had your financial advice. What what would you say to that uh, person who has been used to the regular paycheck, aspires to start their own business? That definitely is a big adjustment that they're going to have to make. Um, and, you know, there are a couple of things, in my opinion, that will help out with that. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a single individual, um, have anywhere from, you know, six to 12 months salary set aside. Um, it can take a while to save up that much money, but I think you need to have the mindset. If you're going to start a new company, you're not going to make a dime the first year you're in business. I think if you've got that mindset, that is a good thing to have. Um, now, you know, perhaps if you have a spouse who's got a good job and you can live off of one salary, then, you know, that's kind of your, you know, the, a way around that where you don't necessarily need to bank up, you know, that kind of savings that you can you know, potentially rely on that one spouse's income only. Um, but even that may not be a perfect setup because, you know, what if you need some additional cash infusion into the business for whatever reason, um, you know, where's that money going to come from? So you're still going to need to have, um, you know, at a minimum, some lines of credit set up, but, you know, preferably have some cash set aside for that rainy day. So you're saying marry someone wealthy. That's the, yes. The yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go into business, you heard it here. Marry, marry up. That, that makes life, that makes life a whole lot easier on you. So, um, but secondly, or, you know, when you do get up and going and, you know, you do have some good months, set aside some money and, and, and I'll give you a, a recent example. You know, don't go out and and reinvest all of that money back into your business. And I'll give you a specific example. Um, anybody that deals with the state of Indiana for whatever the the business may be, 
um, has to go through periodic audits, and there's certain information that you've got to give the state in order to get a contract. Um, we have a client who um, had a good year. Um, he uh, does a lot of paving um, and um, bought some new equipment because there was a, a job that he had a pretty good shot that he knew he was going to get from the state. Um, so he went out and, before that, bought some additional equipment. He had to think of several hundred thousand dollars. We're not just talking buying a pickup. Yeah. Um, pavers aren't cheap. Um, so he went all and did that. And then whenever we submitted his paperwork to the state for the audit that they were requiring, um, the state, uh, I'm trying to use the correct terminology, basically said, we're not going to do any business with you right now. And the sole reason was that he did not have enough liquid cash in his account. Wow. Um, his balance sheet was great. Um, I mean, he had tons and tons of equipment carrying very, very little debt. I mean, almost debt free, but because, uh, and that's what's referred to as a quick ratio where you take a look at your current assets, cash in essence, um, against your current liabilities. Um, and his ratio came in too low of that. So, you know, anytime, you know, that's another good advice for a business owner before you go out and spend a significant chunk of money, talk with somebody first and make sure that you're not going to, even though you may be, in his case, he thought he was doing the right thing of being prepared so that when that contract came, he was ready to start paving the very next day. Um, missed out. Now, we were able to go through, and you know, he had finished some other jobs. We were able to finally get the audit approved by the state of Indiana. But he missed out on a couple months worth of jobs, and those paving jobs pay pretty well. Um, so that was an instance there of, of opportunity cost uh, because he didn't think that maybe I should you know, pay a few bucks and talk with my accountant first and see if this is going to be a good thing. It cost him a lot of money. It was Ed in 2012 with DK New Media. So. <laughs> <laughs> today. Yeah. No, we went through that. We went through exactly that. We had, we had really strong years leading up to 2012. 2012, we had three key clients leave. The kind of bottom went out of it. And up until then, I was basically reinvesting every dollar back into the business, you know, because it was doing so well, saying, man, this is this is going. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this momentum going. You know, and, and uh, hindsight's always, you know. It's always 2020. It's always you know, 2020. But the thing, though. You'll pay yourself first. Yeah, but if I would have put, you know, if I would have put even 20% of that, it would have saved so much pain, you know, during that year. It would have been it would have been well off. So great advice. Well, the same thing. Now, I asked Dan, you know, at what point should people, you know, kind of uh, start talking to him? And I think it's, Talk to him before you start a business. Probably is the first thing, you know. But same thing here. At what point does a, a, a person that's in a business and get to a mature level? At what point should they really be seeking out your services to to say, hey, let's let's start this, you know, retirement planning, tax planning, you know, business health planning. Well, you know, as as we mentioned, I think we all agree that. Talk to somebody before you're, you start your business. Make sure you've got the right corporate structure for the entity. Um, when do you then take that next step of having somebody help you out with the bookkeeping? You know, and, and yeah, I think one thing we got to talk about, Dan. I, you know, please chime in if you've got a better answer. But you know, what exactly is bookkeeping and accounting? I mean, in essence, that's just classifying your income and your expenses because those things, when it comes time to do the tax return, different expenses and, and different income are go to different places on the tax return. So to get yeah. it done right. Um, so in essence, um, you know, if, if things are getting a little bit complicated, um, you probably need to have somebody help you out. Um, as far as, you know, really, when do you need to be working with somebody? I think, you know, once you get that first employee, 
Yeah. You really need to have some because a whole lot changes there as far as, you know, the different things that you've got to do, different responsibilities that you've got to have. And then just, you know, taking a look at, you know, anytime you want to expand, I think that's a good you know, consultation opportunity. Um, you know, looking at when do I offer group health? When do I offer retirement plan? You know, what are the right plans to offer? Um, as far as for the retirement plan, I mean, that's something that needs to be done immediately. Um, you know, there's, if you, um, were to take a look and compare two individuals and for every, if, if I start saving today and let's say that to reach whatever goal I have, let's say I need to set aside $500 a month for that particular goal. And, um, Ryan decides, you know what? Not really important right now. In a couple of years, I'll start. So five years after me, Ryan says, you know what? I'm, I'm ready to start saving. Well, he's now going to have to do a thousand dollars a month to reach that same goal that I did. So, you know, as Warren Buffett said, tax deferred compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. So imagine somebody that um, is just 25 years old. And in fact, I've got a a client of mine I'm working with. She's 27. Um, You know, she's in the uh, in the medical field, um, physician's assistant, um, kind of a newer type thing. Kind of it's basically a non a doctor. She can do surgery. She just has to do it with a doctor. She can't be the lead surgeon. Uh, Interesting. Uh, way it's there growing like crazy. Well, it's, I, it's, it, you know, particularly on that, I, I like that. It's you know, our healthcare costs are just out of controlling. It's a good way to help manage uh, yep. healthcare costs. But uh, um, you know, taking a look at her, and you know, she's been working for a couple of years now, but really hasn't started any retirement savings. And um, so we got her taxes. I've been, the last couple of years, I've been talking with her about it. You know, whenever we get our taxes finished up, say, hey, we need to sit down and do some financial planning. And uh, she's been very hesitant to do it because she's afraid that I'm going to judge her. Um, and that's when I started sharing this, you know, this rule with her is that, Hey, if you start now and you're, in, you know, when you're 27, imagine, you know, if you waited until you're 37, you know, $250 a month today is the equivalent of a thousand dollars a month when you're 37. And that's $250 a month until right. typically retirement is what we're talking about here. Well, obviously as time goes on, she's going to be able to take that 250 and go to 500, go to a thousand. So with the earlier start you get, the better that compound interest works for you. I know uh, another example I used to hear a lot is if you had somebody that started an IRA at the age of 18 and contributed until they were 25 and then stopped and then compare that to somebody who started at age 25 and went all the way to age 65, the guy that did it for seven years will still have more money, even though just having that seven year head start and only contributed for seven years versus 40 years yeah. still comes out ahead having more money. It's incredible. So today is always the best time to start something. Or yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, yesterday is better. Yeah, <laughs> today is good. You know, it's, it's a different generation, but my parents, you know, my um, my parents came from a generation where you always saved, always, mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, so we even when my dad was unemployed, they were taking a portion of his unemployment check and putting it towards, you know, his retirement. But you know, he was a blue collar guy up until, you know, probably his late 40s or something like that but you know he passed away a a really wealthy man and it had nothing to do with what his income was it had everything to do with the fact that he was so disciplined at just putting away a portion of everything so yeah and and we come from a different world now with credit and printing money and everybody just thinks that there's an endless (laughs) supply everywhere like I'm, i'm always surprised at the number of entrepreneurs that are just out looking for a check, you know, and I'm like, Ugh, that scares the heck out of me. You know, wait, waiting on someone to invest, waiting on someone to invest, waiting on someone to invest. I'm like, boy, you cannot rely on other people's Not money. In Indiana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Well, and then uh, I, I want to close this out, you know, just just by you know, kind of promoting both of you guys. Dan, where can people find you? Sure, you can find us on the web at uh, Greenbridge F as in Frank S as in Sam. It stands for uh, Financial Solutions. Greenbridge FS dot com, or uh, you can call us at three one seven five seven six seven five six three. And I'll just throw out one one little comment in terms of um, you know when to talk to someone. At least for our business, you know, I'm happy to have a, a discussion, a consultation, if you will. Call it what you want. Yeah. For free, uh, love doing it over coffee. That's how I like to meet with people and talk with people. Just learn their business, and you know, maybe we're a good fit. Maybe the time is right. Maybe it's not, but it it, it doesn't hurt. At least in our case, it doesn't hurt to come and talk and uh, and kick around some ideas. And I'm always happy if I can to try to add some value for free. And uh, you know, if it makes sense for us to start working together, great. But if not, um, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and ask people for for help and 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 thoughts. You'd be amazed at what you can get for for nothing. And we'll make sure, by the way, we'll make sure on offthecircle.com on this episode, we'll have the links to uh, Ed and Dan's business. Is it? Uh, get a hold of us um, at uh, gkfin.com. That's Ganell and Kinnaman Financial. So GKF is in Frank I-N. Uh, it took a long time to find a nice little short website that yeah, that's it, it kind of incorporated our names. That's, that's better than the new name. Deer Creek, right? The, oh, my God. The <laughs> Roofhausen Munchen proxy something or dot com or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. off home mortgage music center <laughs> yeah so uh like so on, the roofie? What? <laughs> on the web gkfin.com or they can reach us uh, by phone 317-203-4433 um and just dan as, as his company our initial consultation is free i mean in essence really what that is it's it, it that's them interviewing us to see if they want to hire us to help them out with whatever it is that that needs to be done that's awesome Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming out. Any, awesome. Do we have any other questions? None? You didn't I'm have good. one question. You guys covered it all. You're financially set. Yes. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. Just don't tell my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Those accounts and accounts are doing very well. And, <laughs> and Harry, we have you on here, so, yep. so make sure you tell everybody where to find sure. you. Sure. You can find me at uh, howlead.com and uh, – if you're not familiar with uh, my services, I work for business owners who become victims of their own success. Fantastic. And uh, I guess I'll say goodbye for everybody. So Adam from agentsauce.com, uh, Ryan Grimes from My IT Indie, and this is Doug Carver, TKD Media. Thanks for listening. If you're an Indianapolis business and would like to be on Off the Circle, contact us at offthecircle.com. Off the Circle is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art studio, the Speakeasy, in downtown Indianapolis.